Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is December 11th, a Wednesday here. Closing in on the old uh, Christmas season and the end of the NFL season, unfortunately. Uh, it's amazing how quick it comes every year. But I just got back in town uh, Sunday night here from a little Vegas trip last weekend, so that was fun. And uh, coincidentally, like you mentioned last weekend, last time we went to New York, it turned things around for the negative. This time uh, it was my first first good week in a while, so that was nice nice for a change. But anyway, the person that stayed back in Minnesota the whole time, got to watch all the games here as opposed to some of them in the sports book, which are a little spotty. Uh, let's bring them in, head on upstairs. Going on there, Crabber. Yeah, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. It was uh it was a fun trip. And we had a good time even though everybody got crushed. Uh any type of gambling we did, but other than that it was pretty fun, so no complaints. How about you? How was your weekend? How's your week? Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh nothing nothing special or nothing too crazy, but uh yeah, pretty good week. But um from a, from a personal perspective, yeah. Handicap we'll get into the next segment here, but uh been pretty rough, and unfortunately, I didn't go to the get the Minnesota out of here. I guess I need to get out of out of town too, and try to shake off this bad habit that uh, I've been picking here. It's just been just been brutal. Yeah, that's all fun. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into it here and start it off and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so I guess question is what uh, what went wrong there in, in week fourteen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's getting pretty frustrating, that's for sure. I kind of say it every week, so it kind of sounds redundant, but it's just, uh, I mean, going into the, the games too, I felt pretty confident. I had a pretty big card, one of my bigger cards of the year. And, uh, going into halftime, I was looking good at almost every one of my games. Everything was going pretty good. And then, you know, but everything goes wrong after halftime. I mean, it's just, just ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things, a combination of, uh, just not having a few good picks along with just not catching any breaks. I mean, I think, uh, that Miami total, I think was a pretty good example. I know you had that as your pick of the week, but watch that game. I mean, that was, uh, way, well over pace on the first half. And I don't know how many red zone visits there were. But I think the, the Miami alone had seven red zone visits and never came away with the touchdown. I mean, that's pretty tough to do, especially with the Jets defense. It's not all that great or not an elite. Uh, the Jets also only scored one touchdown in the red zone. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that. It's just like, boy. I don't know if I've ever seen, seen a game with 10 field goals made. Yeah, it's just. Uh, and they had one miss, too. Yeah, it's which that would have pushed it over for at least the number we would have got, but or at least uh, what you could potentially get have got. So it's like, yeah, boy, it's, uh, it's just pretty frustrating. And then you add in that, that Saints game, um, had that as release play. I, I I waited until the number came down and felt pretty confident about that. Read the market pretty well, and I, I like the Saints all week long. But I heard some people coming down to the 49ers, which I didn't really understand. 
And then, uh, you know, right there is a perfect example. I got a really good number. I released it at Pick'em, and that's what I got myself was Pick'em and one. And, and that they were winning right by one at the end there. And then, of course, they had that fourth and two with the long long play by Kittle with the face mask. And then, you know, at that point, they get down to the 20-yard 20, 20 line or so and just a, a, a pitch shot there for a field goal. And, of course, you know, there's no chance they're missing that. So, yeah, just, it's just super frustrating. Not that they were the 100% the right side, but I think they were the better, the right side there in that game and ended up all losing. But then, you know, not only that, just, you know, coming down to these coin flips where it just seems like I've been wrong on every one of them, uh, you know, getting the wrong side of them, which is super frustrating. Um, and you know, Indianapolis, perfect example there. I, I did win that game myself. Uh, we'll get that to the next segment, but, uh, you know, they're winning by seven with four or five minutes to go and they don't even cover, uh, getting three points there. So just, uh, Pretty frustrating, all you know, all in all, and uh, and then that Oakland game and, and and Carolina, pretty similar there in fashion. They were they're winning, or you know, covering or staying close in the first half, and then uh, just get blown their doors blown off in the second half, basically just a no show. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It just it comes down to you just, uh, I don't know, you know, what the deal is. Like I said, it feels like I'm feeling seeing them pretty clearly. I'm getting some good numbers, uh, even those totals. I did get pretty fortunate for that Cincinnati game to get over. Um, although, you know, kind of like that Miami game, they really had no business staying under. But uh, if, if you looked at the watch last fourth quarter there, the last few minutes, uh, hardly any points, and ended up uh, getting a field goal at the end there because uh, Cincinnati stopped Cleveland. So I guess that was kind of fortunate if you look at it from that, uh, you know, portion of the game. But another one there, you know, the total there released at 42. I think that one closed up in the 44 range, and that Miami total released at 46, and that one closed up in 47, 47 and a half. I mean, just – Getting good numbers is just uh, pretty frustrating how, uh, you know, the, the good numbers aren't uh, pushing into to profit. But, you know, what, what can you do? It's one season, small sample size. So, yeah, that's my rant here for the, the pod. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I I actually went 2-1, uh, and one, but I had a two-unit play on the Kansas City money line at plus 140, which they were winning the whole way against New England. And New England's offensive struggles, struggles just continue. Uh, the one I kind of, I was gonna, I, I did like the Saints obviously with you and, and probably should have jumped on them by all, uh, you know, by all the things considered, but I just didn't for whatever reason. And then, um, I ended up jumping on the one where the market moved towards Tennessee and I just took a three with Oakland thinking that that's just kind of ridiculous. The fact that Tennessee's laying three on the road now, I don't think they really deserve that. And Oakland hung with them for a while, but ended up getting blown out in the end and, I don't know, their, looks like their season might be well on its way to being over. Another one I liked a decent amount was uh, the Giants. when we had that Eli argument last week on the pod, and he was pretty great in the first half, and then he kind of cooled off and didn't get a whole lot accomplished in the second half. So, But it didn't really matter for me when they blew the game late and you're catching nine. That's a pretty easy no-sweat winner. So that was kind of nice. The one I was kicking myself that I also liked, the big number catching was uh, the, the Denver game, and that one they just absolutely destroyed Houston, and that was one I didn't, didn't up, end up releasing, so that was a little frustrating, but I guess it kind of evens out then with the that Saints that I was also probably going to. So anyway, um, yeah, a lot of weird games last week just in general. A couple low-scoring, boring ones, then that Saints-Niners shootout, and the Broncos destroying the, the Texans, and Chargers destroying the Jays. Just a lot of kind of weird stuff last week. So I think we might see more of that here the last few weeks when certain teams might be packing their bags and getting ready for the off season, and other teams are going to be putting in the maximum amount of effort they can to try to make the postseason or increase their positioning. So overall, a pretty solid week for 
for me here. Hopefully it can be a spark of things to come as we finish up the season. All right, uh, next segment, let's do a little getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what qualifiers do we have for getting the best of the number this week, Rob? Um, yeah, we had three here qualified. Uh, first one, Cincinnati, Cleveland game, that one. Uh, Cleveland opened seven and a half, and then it kind of went to eight, eight and a half, and with that, that range there, it's definitely a, a dead number, dead number range. Uh, it kind of moves around there pretty quickly, uh, the teaser range, teaser zone, so, um, kind of a lot more variability, but yeah, I was right around the number there at what it landed, and that one closed. There's a lot of Cincy team that came in. I, I know I said on the pod that I like Cleveland at seven, um, so I ended up being kind of right where it, it needed to be. I said, um, seems like seven or better here would have been a, you know, a buy for me for Cleveland. Um, I just, I, I didn't actually get to the window, but I still had a pretty strong lean on Cleveland. But yeah, it was, that one closed at seven for sure. And there's even some six and a half that I saw pop up. So that was a, a pretty big mover. And I think that's goes to show you, I got, or the game landed 27 19 right on eight. So I guess to show you people that follow that steam, that steam chasers and stuff. It's kind of nice seeing that. And that's why similarly, it's not a getting the best number segment, but similarly, I was, I was hoping that New Orleans game would have landed on one. Cause that's a perfect example of, uh, you could have got a one or if you got a cheap uh, price of the pick, which made sense for, from my perspective to, to take. And it's like, you know, that, that's where just not for me you on know, my own bias perspective of having money on the saints, but that's where I like to see uh, the number land. Cause that's where the bookmakers get hurt the most when they get that's the number uh, gets, gets hit there. So um, that would have been a perfect example for the Niners. If people had the plus three, weren't sweating it really at all towards the end. And then uh, if you had a good number on the saints, you could have won that game or, or push. So, um, but this is another good example of Cincy and Cleveland. If you got it at a good number at eight, uh, or higher, obviously we've got to push or win. And then you waited right till close after the steam was already gone, which, uh, you know, that's where we, we talk about all the time about it. You can't, it's hard to find value when the, when the numbers already got steamed down or, or up or whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty good example here. Uh, next one, Detroit, Minnesota, a uh, pretty similar fashion, open 13, 13 and a half, kind of a dead number. So kind of a little more variable as well. And, Close as low as uh, 11 and a half, I think range of 11 and a half to 12 and a half. I mean, it's kind of the same as that seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine. They're all kind of the same, similarly dead numbers, but uh, this one landed on 13 and the score is 20 to seven in that game. Um, kind of a backdoor there for Detroit, but that's why you get those big dogs for a little backdoor cover. Um, last yeah, game. I almost got the total backdoor too. They almost scored again there late, mm-hmm. which would have, yeah. you know, hurt all the other people that ended up taking Detroit at lower than 13. But anyway, continue. Yeah, and then the last one here real quick. Uh, like I mentioned the last segment, Indy uh, at Tampa Bay. And this one opened uh, the Buccaneers 3. And this one wasn't as widely available. I know I said myself I got it at 3.5, actually a 3.5 flat. But, um, you know, this one is a little bit tough because a lot of those books don't like to come off of 3. So they added a lot of juice there. I saw some high as Tampa Bay minus 3, minus 125, 130. Uh, but there's, with that being said, there were still some uh, quite a few 3.5s available. Might have to be a little bit more juice. Uh, for some some of the shops like minus 120 plus three and a half, you know minus 120. But um, either way, it was kind of a split line uh, at close, and, and this game here landed 38 to 35 right on three, and again uh, kind of got there in a pretty ridiculous fashion, and maybe had no business being there. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, all we do is look at the final score and uh, and analyze that. So and that's that for that. Yeah, segment. there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them that very easily could have been that there's a score late that may you know take them out of the segment too. So. For every one of them that that gets there, there's probably at least one or two that that go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, all right, sounds good. Uh, let's jump into week 15 here. 
Uh, I think it's our last Thursday nighter of the season, correct? And then it switches to the Saturday games, I believe. Yeah, I'm really not it's, sure. That's a good question. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is because I know I think it's Tampa and, and Houston I play next Saturday, and I'm sure there's another game after that. So I'm pretty sure this is the last Thursday nighter. We got the Jets heading to Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is laying 16 here at home with a total of 45. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm checking. Yeah, it looks like you are right. There looks like three Saturday games in week uh, 16, so. Yeah, I didn't, uh, wasn't aware of that, but it does seem uh, familiar here coming to the end of the season, how the Thursday night goes down and then the Monday night, uh, is, is, is over eventually too. Um, yeah, this one here, Jets at Baltimore, my power rating number. I'll do it. I didn't say it last week, but, uh, just in case everybody knows, uh, what I'll do is I'll get my power rating number, just the basic numbers, uh, the stats are gonna, that I have for my own rankings for these two teams. Don't take any of the factors involved, uh, that I put into my handicap at all. Just a strict number rating. Then the next number I'll give is the look-ahead line according to the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas, which is basically the line that we have between these two teams that was available to bet before last week's game. And the the reason we have that is a good barometer to see how much the market reacted after one game. Uh, then I'll also give the Westgate opener what the game, what the game opened here this week, which is a Sunday afternoon uh, between the it's about a halftime of the the afternoon games. And then the last number I'll give is the Westgate open what they open the total at, uh, as well as the the spread total end spread for the Westgate opener. So. Uh, this game here, my power rating, Baltimore minus 16.5. Look ahead line, Baltimore minus 14. Westgate open, Baltimore 15. And the total here open, 44.5. Yeah, this one for me is pretty quick. I mean, I'm, it's just hard for me to bet on Baltimore at this point of the season when they're this, you know, most of them have a number one power rated team in the, in the NFL. It's just hard to get find a whole lot of value, I think, on Baltimore. And uh, the Jets is just a team I don't know if I can really back right now. But, I mean, it keeps approaching here. Like I said, the opener, when you get it, Look ahead, and then you get the opener. It keeps niche, you know inching up uh, point by point. Now you're inching up a little bit more as throughout the week. I mean, who knows if we see it go a little bit higher? I mean, once you get to about 17, I think it's hard for me to imagine I'm not going to have a little piece of the Jets. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not a game I really, I really don't want to be involved in. But <laughs> it comes down to a principle of uh, taking the number. I might have to. But um, the one game, one thing too, I might look at is uh, I know Lamar might be a little banged up, is what the reports are saying, and then Darnold also as well. So. Um, I might have to look, dive into this one a little bit more, but, uh, might be something we might look under the total here, uh, over 44, um, anything over, un, anything you can get under 44 or over, um, I feel like it might be a decent play. So right now it's at 45. I think that might be worthy of a look here. So the way I'll look in this game is probably under. Yeah, that's funny. I, I agree. I was going to kind of make the same thing. I don't feel super strongly about this game, but it's, it is kind of funny. You see the Jets. Winners of four or five here, and now they're catching 16. I wonder if, I mean, that's hard to imagine that's ever happened before. We get a team winning four or five and then coming in and, and catching nearly three scores or, you know, whatever, two touchdowns and a, and a field goal. Um, we have Baltimore, obviously, has won, was it eight in a row now? Two, four, six, yeah, eight in a row. Uh, nine in a row, my bad. Um, so I guess obviously that's where the number's coming from, and Baltimore's definitely has that uh, popular cachet that people want to bet on them too. So of course there's going to be a little bit of extra tax for that. So my natural inclination would be to bet the Jets, and I just think there's just such a high number. Like this is an NFL. I mean, this used to be the the point spread range for the top team in the league versus like a absolute bottom feeder. And now you can make the case that Baltimore is the best team in the league, but the Jets, you know, they might not be great, but they're maybe a little bit below average 
too too bad, but they're certainly not a bottom five team, I wouldn't say. So the fact you're catching this many points seems a little ridiculous, but I do think that Baltimore is just going to be a game where they just run the ball a ton and just try to grind out a win and get out of there as quick as possible. And and who knows with the Jets. I mean, I I still think they're a little bit more of a, I guess I shouldn't say an over team necessarily. It just seems like they should be, um, I think they have, their offense has the potential to score if, if they're right. But they also, as I've shown a handful of times, if they're not, they're, they can avoid putting up points more than they should, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I think Baltimore is going to play this game as in an under fashion. I think the Jets are kind of a wild card. So at a price that's up here at 45, I think I have a slight lean to the under and a slight lean to the Jets, I guess, is a long way of, of saying it, but I don't really feel strongly about either. So to me, I'll probably just, uh, Stay away from this Thursday nighter and just kind of be glad they're done because I'm not. I don't think either of us are big fans of Thursday nighters in general. All right, on to the Sunday games. We got eight early games here and five late games, so I think this is an absolute perfect setup. Uh, couldn't be a whole lot happier with the way the the schedule breaks down this week. First game, we got Tampa Bay heading to Detroit. Looks like Tampa Bay is laying three and a half here on the road with a total of forty-seven. Yeah, you might have to uh, book another vacation here and see if you can miss the games again uh, when you got a pretty perfect slate for the, the basement viewing. <laughs> oh, it was driving me nuts last week. In the, we watched it in the Link Sportsbook, which is a pretty nice area, but they just have TVs kind of set up in all different locations, so you're torquing your head one direction, and they got the same game on four TVs when you're looking here, and then you don't have the one game on that you're looking for, and it's just just was maddening compared to the the setup we have where you just have everything right in front of you and you can you know you don't have to you don't have to look far and you can pretty much catch just about all the action so really made me uh grow an even fonder appreciation for that that's for sure yeah absolutely um all right let's see uh tampa bay detroit here so my power rain tampa bay minus five look at line uh buccaneers minus four westgate open bucks minus four and the total here open 47 and a half uh yeah, I mean we see. It I don't know. It just, to me, it's just hard to back. I I, I don't know. I, both these teams are really hard to back. I mean, my power ratings would suggest look to the Tampa Bay side, and that's probably where I would lean. But um, I just don't have a whole lot of faith there. I think uh, the big thing too it looks like on my report, uh, Mike Evans is doubtful, and he watched those games, and not just last week, but just in just in general with with Winston. I mean, he just is it's like his go to target, and 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 I don't really blame him. I mean, he's just a tall big guy that can come and, you know, come down with any ball. It's just pretty impressive. I think he's a huge, huge weapon and a huge target for Winston, and it'll be interesting to see how this offense does without him. I think he's a, a pretty impact uh, wide receiver for sure, uh, and even 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 uh, impacts point spread, I would think, too, So, which not many receivers do that. Um, but that being said, it's just, you know, Detroit seems like a really bottom feeder type of team right now, and uh uh, I don't really know where their head's at and their motivation's at. I mean, even that score last week against the Vikings, I mean, they just got their doors blown off. They were, that really wasn't a close game. I mean, they got that cheap score at the end there, and like you said, they could have got another one, but, you know, it was just in garbage time, and that doesn't really mean much. But when it actually mattered, they were just got dominated in, in all three phases for the most part, and it's, uh, you know, not, not a bet on sign for sure for me from Detroit. And obviously you're paying a tax here on, on, on Tampa. I get that on the road. But uh, again, I, that's the only way I could look here. But yeah, I don't want to get into this game too much. So I really don't have much of an opinion. So the only way I could look though would be the Tampa Bay side laying the points on the road. Yeah, to me, it's, I think it's pretty much just a classic stay away. 
Uh, you know, Tampa's won three in a row here, and they're just a team that I just don't trust at all with uh, any kind of a winning streak or to handle success well. And even though this doesn't matter and they're, they have no chance of the playoffs, they're still just a team that I don't really want to lay points on the road with. Um, I think the only thing I would say is Detroit's been more of an under team here the last few weeks. So it scares me a little bit, but I mean, Tampa Bay overs, the only time I think they haven't gone over all year is when I released a plan them a couple of weeks ago against Jacksonville. And that was just an anemic Jacksonville team that has nothing going whatsoever offensively. Uh, to me, it seems like 47 is a fairly reasonable number here that if Detroit has any signs of life whatsoever on offense, it seems like this game, you know, that's a pretty, pretty fair total to take for a Tampa over. So. From a side perspective, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it at all. I don't think I would. Uh, definitely over a field goal of not, not a whole lot of interest. Tampa on the road, but yeah, I, I just don't. The Lions have looked pretty anemic here for a while, so not really a team I want to back. Um, I'm almost at any price, so sidewise, no opinion. But yeah, I, I would think I'd lean lean over here at uh, at a pretty reasonable number. Next game, we got Philadelphia heading to Washington. It's like Philly's laying four and a half here on the road with a total of 40. Um, I'm in my power rating here. Philadelphia minus four and a half. Look at line. Philadelphia minus six. The opener, Philly minus six. And the total here open 40 and a half. Yeah, yeah this Philly team is just, it's just boy, I don't know. I, I know I said it on the pot last week. I think that would be the only way I could have bet that game on Monday night. And they just they ended up getting the job done there in overtime. But it's like, you know, specifically that first half. It went back and you just look at the stats and everything. It's just, it's just, you know, they don't have anything. And you'd expect against a bottom feeder type of team like the Giants that they would be able to, in a poor defense, specifically a poor secondary, you would think that they'd be able to show something and, and, and you know, kind of get somebody to throw them off the scent a little bit and, and, and kind of like Dallas does where they just, you know, roll those bottom feeder type of teams. But, you know, Philly hasn't really been doing that lately in the, in the last several weeks. So it's like, that's just really concerning to me. I mean, that seems like a, a, a position kind of like, you know, you see Cleveland go against uh, some of those bottom feeder teams and, and, and get their offense and just get those, you know, up in the 40s totals. I think we, like we talked about last week and the fact that their Philly's not able to do that against these weak defenses, it's, it's really concerning. I think, um, I, I mean, again, with that being said, I think the only way I could look here would be playing the points with Philly on the road. I just, that just shows you how little faith I have in Washington and Haskins, but, um, you know, with all that being said, I just, I just really don't trust this Philly team. I think they might just not be that good. I mean, how many times can you give them a chance here to, to show out and, and get right and they just can't do it? So whether it's a Wentz problem or the, 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 the surrounding cast, I'm not sure, but, uh, it's definitely a, a, a team I'm not really too excited to, or eager to back, but I think I feel like the same with Washington. So yeah, a low total. I think, uh, that to know it's pretty crazy how low it is here. Uh, the, you know, into the 30s, uh, high 30s, some places, but uh, I, I don't really disagree. I think the only way I could look here would be under as well. So, uh, not a huge, huge play, but uh, yeah, maybe a small lean to the under. Yeah, the fact that Philly laid 10 at on the road at Washington, or I mean at uh, the Dolphins, then came back and laid nine at home to the Giants, and now they're laying four, four and a half here on the road. It's like, has there ever been a worse team that's? It's laid over the course of three weeks, 23 points or 24 points. Like that's just, you know, just pretty absurd. Uh, I think people keep giving Philly credit for what they saw a couple of years ago and what they potentially could be, but everything they've shown on the field here has just been pretty horrendous. And I, I don't know. I just, 
I really don't like Haskins or Washington, but I think if you force me to make a pick here, I think I'd probably take Washington. I mean, their defense has been playing pretty solid here for for a while, and it's kind of been covering up a little bit for how inept Haskins has been. And just he's the sole reason why I wouldn't be getting involved and actually laying money down. But, boy, I mean, Philly just looks so anemic. Uh, it's just even though they came back and got that win, they and then they had – I think was it three receiver or four receivers starting the game that were healthy, and then two got hurt during the game, so they were playing three tight ends and one wide receiver. Or yeah, they had three and two of them got hurt, so they were playing one wide receiver, three tight ends, and it's just like I don't know, I'm sure they'll have more wide receivers healthy going into this week, but it just shows you how how thin they are, and and even if they do come back, you know Aguilar or whoever, they're they're not a quality wide receivers, that's for sure. So against a pretty decent Redskins defense, I just don't think they're going to have a whole lot of success moving the ball here. So when you're talking about laying four and a half on the road, that just seems a little crazy against the Washington team that's been pretty competitive over the last few games. And granted, it's been against bad competition, but for the most part, I I, I, don't, I think Philly qualifies as bad competition. So not a game that I'm going to voluntarily enter my money into, but for like contests and stuff where I'm forced to pick a side, I think I'll... I'll take the points of Washington and just hope that Philly doesn't find the gear that everybody's been kind of betting that they're going to here uh, for the basically this whole season when they just haven't been able to. Next game, pretty interesting one as a as a Vikings fan. We got Chicago heading to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay here laying four and a half at home with a total of forty one. Um, yeah, my power right here. Green Bay six and a half. Look headline. Green Bay seven. Westgate open. Green Bay five and a half. The total here. 41, and this one definitely jumped off the page for me. It just uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I know I've said it several weeks back with consecutive Green Bay games, but uh, it's right away when I'm going through my numbers, guessing the lines myself, and, uh, you know, like I said, going through my, my spreadsheet, it just this one didn't add up. Uh, I don't know why why the big adjustment. <laughs> um, obviously, there's, I don't think it's a Green Bay downgrade necessarily. I don't really know how it could be. Not that, And I'll definitely caveat this, too. I'm not too high in Green Bay at all. I think they're uh, uh, definitely not – is you know I think probably overrated in, some, in a lot of people's eyes, but then when this number comes out, uh, it seems to me that can't be a downgrade. <laughs> can't be a downgrade for Green Bay, but more so, it's got to be a pretty big upgrade for Chicago. Is the only way I could see it. Um, and and yeah, I just don't don't agree with that at all. Is what it comes down to. So yeah, like my power rating says, uh, six and a half, six. I think that's definitely where this number should be. So the fact we're seeing, uh, you know, some fours uh, and some sharper shops. I see Chris offshore sitting at a flat four right now. That's just to me, to me, it's pretty absurd. Um, I, I give Green Bay, you know, three and a half, between three and a half to four, maybe about three and a quarter, or three and three quarters for home field. And you'd think, uh, later in the year, too, that's when their home field probably strikes more, uh, you know, more prevalent or, you know, more valuable to them when the, the weather gets worse. And obviously Chicago is going to be more in tune to that than, you know, say a West Coast type of team. But yeah, to, to me, if you're, you're saying these two teams are, are roughly equal, maybe a small lean to, to, or small nod to Green Bay, that just, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that's just wrong. Uh, when, like I said, we've seen this a couple times this year. That's been, you know, head scratching with these Green Bay games, and I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, what, why it's so low. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to, to me, I, I really like the Green Bay side. Or I shouldn't say I really like it. I think that I think you're getting value with Green Bay. I, I, not that I love it, because I could definitely see Chicago keeping it tight. Because again, I'm not too high on Green Bay. But I think from a value perspective, it's just a, a pretty good spot here for Green Bay. Um, you know, just basically. 
saying that they're a, a, a you know, pretty much a lot, quite a bit of better team than Chicago, I think. And I think, uh, you know, Trubisky, I think is probably where the most of this Chicago love's coming from. And I just don't know if I, it's funny how, how quickly people's opinions change. I mean, three weeks ago, they were talking about how Trubisky's uh, not a starting NFL quarterback, maybe not even a backup quarterback and doesn't belong in the league. And now, uh, the last few weeks they're talking about, or, you know, specifically last week about how, you know, Trubisky's, uh, oh, he's figured it out and now he's kind of caught lightning in a bottle. It's just, uh, it's just crazy how people can jump from one thing to the other. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep my, my opinion on Trubisky from, uh, the first, you know, the bulk of the season as opposed to these last couple of weeks. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm going to have a, a wager on Green Bay. It's just a matter of how big and, uh, when I'm going to, when I'm going to, when I'm going to pounce on it. Yeah, anybody who's saying that, I don't trust their opinion one, one little bit. That's just an embarrassing take of somebody saying Trubisky's figured it out. Um, that, yeah, that I've heard said, it, I, I've I, heard it from multiple different sources too. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't agree either. Pathetic. Um, that being said, I, I just think you're, even though you said you're low in Green Bay, I think, I still think you're overvaluing them. I just don't think they're, I think they're like a, a little bit above middle of the road team. And I think Chicago is probably a middle of the road team. And I think that's kind of what you're getting there. I just, I think you look at Green Bay and I think their 10 and 3 records just total smoke and mirrors. I think they could very easily be like, you know, whatever, 7 and 6 right now and that wouldn't surprise me or I wouldn't bat an eye at that whatsoever. And Chicago, that's 7 and 6 now. I think, I think they feel like they have some life even, I mean, if they, if they beat Green Bay and, and the Vikings here, there's a pretty good chance they, uh, in the last three weeks, there's not, I shouldn't say good chance, but there's a chance they could sneak in and get that second wild card over the Vikings. So I think they feel like it's, uh, you know, back against the wall, big, big time opportunity here for them. And, you know, Green Bay beat them on that opening game when they were coming off that big season and they kind of laid an egg on the opening night. So it's a little bit of revenge for them here too. And I just think, I just think Green Bay is not that great of a team. I mean, they, Last week to Washington, they beat them by five as 14-point favorites or 13 or whatever ended up closing at. And, you know, just under, underperformed expectation. And and it just seems like week after week, they're utterly unimpressive. And a lot of times it doesn't matter on the final scoreboard. But just from watching them, I just think they're complete fool's gold. And I, I, the, 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 big, the big concern, obviously, and why I might not – or I probably won't bet Chicago – is because I just don't trust Trubisky at all, and he can single-handedly tank your Chicago wager, and that's something I don't really, really want to get behind either. So I, I get it, but I just think the the Green Bay offense has been decent, but has struggled for large chunks of games, and the Green Bay defense has just I think been exposed as pretty much total smoke and mirrors, and they just hope for a turnover or two during the game. Other than that, they're just going to be giving up chunk plays all game long. So whether Trubisky can capitalize on that or not, that's to be seen. Uh, but I don't know. I just, I just don't think Green Bay is all that good. And, uh, I hear you're saying it's, yeah, it's a big adjustment from what, what, uh, people would have thought a couple weeks ago, but give the Bears a little bit of credit. They've got a three game winning streak. Granted, two of those teams are pretty terrible, but one of them is one of the teams that Green Bay beat uh, a couple weeks ago. So, and then that went against the Cowboys on Thursday night, I think you gotta give them a little bit of, a little bit more credit for it, cause Cowboys aren't world beaters, but at least that's a respectable win. So, I mean, it's probably, and that might be, that might be, uh, the Green Bay's best win. It's probably the Vikings. 
other than that, it's uh, it's the Cowboys. So it's not Green Bay has a whole lot of great wins either. So I think you got to give Chicago a little bit of credence for that win. But anyway, long long winded way of saying I definitely lean to Chicago, but probably won't be on it because I do agree that there's not a a a lot of value there in the number where it's at now. Next game we got New England heading to Cincinnati. Uh, New England laying nine and a half here on the road with a total of forty and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here, New England minus 10.5. Look at line, New England 10.5. Westgate open, New England 10. And the total here open 39.5. Um, a little bit upwards moving on that total over. Uh, that's kind of the way I would have uh, looked here. Um, it's still probably lean a little bit over the total. I think it just seems like uh, I, I've been betting quite a few Cincy totals over, obviously. I know I had it last week, I think the week before. And to me, Cincy just seems like a team that uh, the defense, you can definitely – um, you know, score some hay against them and, and, and put up some points and put up some yards for sure. And it seems like since he's been a team where these better teams kind of come in and, and, uh, you know, kind of use it as a, a, a staging platform, if you will, uh, to, 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 to try some things and try to get everything and, uh, you know, get a confidence booster so they can figure out how to get their offense in check. And, um, we didn't see it a ton from Cleveland last week, but they did put up whatever it was 20, 27 points. And I think they, uh, I think New England this has a pretty good chance here to to, to blow the doors off of the Cincy team and 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 get right offensively. I think they're you expect them to at some point. I think to to get right and uh, I just know you haven't really seen it yet. But it seems like that would be the the deal. I know last week it looks like they were going to get right right away after they came and had the trick play and they got up early and then were driving again and then kind of just got halted from there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, to me, I think I'd rather you know play the come here on the on the on the Patriots offense and then uh likewise um I think since he can move the ball a little bit so yeah not a, not a huge play but I think it's already got bet up a little bit but I look at a little bit over the total probably and then I, I don't know I'm probably not gonna be able to get there but I don't I just don't really think I could bet Cincy right now I think they're kind of uh like we said like we said last uh last week they took quite a bit of money there against Cleveland and uh you know the Patriots it seems like a spot where like I said they might be able to come and blow the doors off of the Cincy team so I don't like laying this many points in the NFL, so I'm probably not going to bet it, but uh, I'm probably not going to be able to bet the, the Cincy side. Getting points at home here, I just feel like uh, the Patriots, this is, is, is a spot where they're going to, like I said, come off and play pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to be huge involved in this game, but uh, I, I probably have a little, some more money on the total over, I think. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know, I don't really know. I know I say you can, you can bet on the come with the Pats offense, but they just, they haven't really shown like anything here for quite a while, and I just don't. I don't it doesn't seem to me like oh they they have opportunities they're just not taking advantage of them. It's just no one can get open, and they just don't have any playmakers at all. And and Brady's it's hard to t- it's hard to tell if Brady's similar, you know, if he's fallen off at all or if he's still the same because there's just nothing to, you can't really even compare him to anything because they just don't have anybody doing anything. And it's interesting they sorely miss Kronk. Or you know, it would have been interesting if they would have had Antonio Brown still uh, without his whole issues where he had to be off the team. But I don't know. Like, watching them last week, it's just they had nothing going basically the entire game against the Texans. The fact they even scored 22 was fortunate because they had that garbage time touchdown to put that game over when the Texans were in a complete shell. And up until that point, they had very little going. They had the one-trick play. Uh, they scored them a touchdown. And I just think... I think part of the reason Brady's getting so frustrated is he knows, and part of the reason he campaigned so hard for Antonio Brown was he just knows that we have 
very little, very little talent on this on this offense, and I think that's part of the reason the running trick plays like they are, and they just know that they can't, they're not good enough to go out there and outplay people and and score a lot of points or organically. They have to they have to manufacture them. And to me, um, don't love Cincy by any means, but I, the only way I could look here would be to play under and and play Cincy because I do think New England defense has been pretty incredible for for most of the season. I think they are a legit real good unit especially against Cincy that has put up some points at times but I mean they've a lot of the a lot of their recent scores have been with Finley and they're just got to take them with a grain of salt but uh you know a lot of their games the last month here have been pretty low scoring affairs and I, I think they they are a little bit more of a over team than they were before with Dalton for sure over Finley but I still think that they're not a a prolific offense by any means. I don't think they have a whole lot of talent either. So I don't think the Pats will have a whole lot of trouble shutting down Cincy, but I just don't have any faith at all that uh, the Pats offense is going to get it going. So for me in a game, I think it's going to be kind of tighter and lower scoring. The points are obviously more valuable. So uh, I would, I would lean towards taking the nine and a half with Cincy and uh, you know, towards playing it under. Cause I just don't, I don't know where the points are going to come from, but maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. Uh, next game, we got Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee, a three-point home favorite here with some extra juice towards Houston. And, uh, total 50. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Tennessee, two and a half. Look at line, Tennessee, one and a half. Let's get open Tennessee, uh, three even money, and the total here open 47 and a half. So yeah, quite a bit of steam, uh, steam on that over. Pushing up into that 50 range, and, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. But, uh, for me here, it's it's been pretty frustrating. I know for the last several weeks I've been betting against this Tennessee team, and yeah, I don't know. Everyone's super high on this Tennessee team. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really not. I, I think that's uh, there's going to be value betting against them here, and they just seem like they're a lot of things are falling right. Another thing I mentioned a few weeks ago on the pod about how they play against these weak run defenses. They played against the three worst run defenses in the league, and that's when they were having a lot of success. And even Oakland, um, not a good run defense, but so that's, I know I mentioned that and that was one of the, one of the caveats that I said when I, I did play at the Oakland, Oakland team. They had a better rush defense than some of the other opponents that Tennessee had, but still wasn't a, a top tier or top 10 or top 15 rush defense. But, um, it, it just, to, to me, I just, I really wanted to come in and bet Houston here because it's a good spot after Tennessee again looked pretty good and, uh, a game and a, a late game there, a afternoon game. And then Houston obviously coming, uh, pretty flat there after that New England. Uh, SmackDown uh, in prime time, then they came up flat against Denver last week. So this seems like a spot here, a really good Houston spot for sure. Uh, the the problem with it is, to me, it just comes down to value. I thought for sure we for sure we'd see a three and a hook, and now the fact that we're seeing three extra juice on Houston uh, just seems like, yeah, boy, where, where's the value at? I just feel for sure, uh, like I said, that there'd be a lot more Tennessee adjustment. And I, I saw in some of the other uh, past weeks I've seen it with the Tennessee adjustment against Indy, against Oakland, but uh, this week I don't really see it. So I think it just goes to show you that markets are probably getting a little bit sharper here, um, for sure, like we've been talking about almost all year in a lot of these different games. But uh, with that being said, I, I'm still going to lean inside, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to – I mean, flat three I think is debatable, but, I mean, extra juice, I just I can't do it. Uh, it just seems like – um, you know, this, this, my buy price for sure was three and a half, and I just don't think it's going to get there. And the, and the other problem too, 
you saw it last week with Houston. I mean, Denver's rush, rushing game just ran all over them. I mean, they could pretty much do whatever they wanted last week, but that's the other thing that concerns me again. Um, Tennessee's got another defense, a rush defense that just hasn't been that good this year. So I think they've been pretty fortunate the, the, the defense that they've had to play and, uh, you know, give them some credit. I mean, they do, you know, have, have looked pretty good. Tannehill's looked good, but, uh, people are talking about them as a possible AFC contender and, uh, you know, Super Bowl bid. And it's just, yeah, I just don't see it. And I think they're going to be, uh, um, you know, those, the, those, those, uh, estimates or those, uh, predictions, I just think are going to be pretty far off once you look at the end of the season. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick my spots against Tennessee maybe a little bit more carefully than I have been the last several weeks, but, uh, this just doesn't seem like a spot necessarily that I want to bet against them at this price point, uh, unfortunately. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just have to lean Houston at this point. Yeah. You, I totally agree on the, the Tennessee point. So I could basically go ahead and say the same thing, but I don't need to double up on that. I, I'm with you. I just don't think the number's quite there to, to bet against them this week. And even though it didn't work last week for Oakland or the week before with Indy, it's getting kind of frustrating because I, I still don't really buy into them that, that much at all. I think they're an okay team, but I just don't think they're that great. And the fact that this total's moving up to 50, like who would have, like out of going at the beginning of the year, who would have thought that you'd see a, a Titan, a division game for the Titans with a total of 50? That just seems yeah. kind of, kind of strange. Um, that's, that's kind of hard to imagine. And yeah, they've, they've, have been in some high-scoring games the last few weeks, and maybe Tannehill is significantly better than he's ever shown in his career or than you know, everyone thinks than I thought. But to me, it just seems like that's not going to keep up. And In a division game like this where both teams are going to be fighting real hard, it just seems to me like this is a pretty pretty high total. And I'd, I'd be one to fade the move and take it under. It just seems especially... Like you said, if the Titans do have success running the ball, it's going to be a lot of clock grinding and and uh, a lot of just just not a whole lot of big big plays. I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and fade the uh, the last few weeks' results for these teams. You know, they've been in some high scoring games, and I'm going to turn around and, and go the opposite way and, and kind of come in here on an under of a t- t- total I think is just a little bit too high. And uh, I would lean to Houston as well, but yeah, it just doesn't feel like you're getting great value there. So for me, uh, I'm gonna just, I'll just hold on here and see if the money keeps going, moving this total up, and then I'll just play under a post or when it starts to go the opposite way. Next game, we got Seattle heading to Carolina. Looks like Seattle's laying six here on the road with a total of 48, 48 and a half. Yeah, my power right here, Seattle minus five. Uh, sorry, Seattle minus five and a half. Look headline, Seattle four and a half. Westgate opened Seattle six and a half, and the total here opened forty-eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I was yeah that that Carolina game. I thought uh, they would have been able to play a little bit better game there. I mean, like I said, they were they were with them. Uh, I guess I should kind of I shouldn't say that because I mean they they were the, the, people are kind of giving you know they're they're quitting all this other stuff. I mean you got to look at the turnovers. I mean they were they were minus four in turnovers, and they still kept that game competitive for the first half. Uh, they were, you know, right in there in the first half. In the second half, they kind of just let it go, and a lot of those had to do with turnovers. So, I mean, yeah, this team's tough to bet and tough to back, and I don't, not, not in a hurry to back them, but at the same time, I mean, those, those turnovers are such a big deal. I mean, such a big difference. I mean, even the final score, uh, if you just take away the turnovers, I mean, they would have been right in that game and, you know, potentially would have won it. So, not that you can make that, 
estimate, but at the same time, uh, you know, turnovers. I think I don't know what the 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 numbers are, but it's something like if they win, if you win the turnover battle, you win like seventy or eighty percent of the time, or something, or sixty percent, whatever it is. It's just a crazy number. So, um, so yeah, with this game here, I think the problem is I just don't think uh, Seattle's obviously coming off a spot where they look pretty flat. They just got pretty much their doors blown off by the Rams in pretty embarrassing fashion for most of that game. They had that one uh, pick six that the Goff threw that kind of kept them back in the game there. But other than that, they couldn't do anything on offense, really. Even in garbage time, they couldn't do a whole lot. So um, that's kind of frustrating because that's the one game I didn't – I had money on the Rams, but I didn't bet it myself personally or didn't release it. I just didn't really trust that Rams after getting their doors blown off a couple weeks before that in prime time against the Ravens. I just didn't think they had anything left in the tank. But, uh, again, just kind of not pushing the right buttons. But it seems like Seattle might come out and uh, bounce back. But at the same time, Maybe that's just, I wouldn't be surprised either if Seattle kind of just regresses back to the mean a little bit, like we've been talking about all year about how we don't think the Seattle team's all that great. So, uh, this is, this is, this game's really tough for me. It just seems like the number's kind of, kind of right, but, uh, uh, you know, I could, I could, I think I can make an argument for either one of these teams. So obviously when you're, uh, when you're looking at that, uh, that argument, it's hard to bet either side. So I guess I'm going to have to pass the game. We'll kind of see if we can get a seven maybe with Carolina and take just a little bit of value. I wouldn't be surprised if some more Seattle money came in, but, yeah, where it currently sits, I just don't think I can bet this game uh, at the current price, and I'm, I don't really don't like the total either. So, yeah, I'll be passing. Yeah, to me, the tough part is I, I do want to bet against Seattle, even though I think it's a decent spot for them. Okay, like I've been wanting to here for a while. But with Carolina, I mean, last week they're three-point dogs. They lose by 20. They underperformed the expectations by 17 points. And a couple weeks ago against the Redskins, they're laying, what were they laying, 10, I think it was, something like that. And they lose by eight. So, I mean, again, there again, they underperform expectations by 18 points. So a couple times, a couple games since their coach has been fired, or, or I mean, did he get fired after the Redskins game, maybe? No. And just, we were expect- yeah, just last, just last week was the only week yeah. without, uh, River, yeah, Ron Riverboat. So the game that got him fired and the game after he got fired, you think maybe there's a little bit of a inspired effort or bounce back. But the fact that that didn't come, doesn't instill a lot of confidence that this team is going to put any effort in the rest of the year. I could definitely see them being just a, almost like Jacksonville, just kind of a spiraling team that just quits. And so where you said you kind of think the number's right, to me, to, to me it seems like if Carolina's trying, this number's too high. And if they quit, the number's too low. So they kind of just threw out a number in the middle and it's kind of your call on what you think it is. Because I just don't think, if, if Carolina is going to put up the performance they've had the last couple of weeks, I don't think you can you know, hardly have a number too high for Seattle, who needs the game like crazy to keep up in the in the playoff race for seeding and whatnot. But if uh, if Carolina came and was the team, if this if this game was a month ago, I mean this is a lot closer to pick than it is to to where it's at now. So I don't know. And even the Carolina four weeks ago, you know they they've lost five in a row here and. Three out of the last four, they've got either lost as a big favorite or got blown out. And I guess two of those games are against the Falcons, so maybe they just don't match up well with them. But to me, it just seems like it's might be turning into an effort deal here. And I'm not sure. My inclination would be to bet against them, but I just don't think I could stomach land six on the road with a Seattle team that I don't like all that much off a, an important divisional game uh, away from home in prime time to now turn around and. Go across country for a early start on the 
on the East Coast with a team I don't like all that much to begin with, land six, it doesn't really seem like something I want to do either. So begrudgingly, I think I'm going to have to pass this one and uh, be curious to see. To me, this one is just pay attention to Carolina's effort and then take whatever info you can garner from that and uh, try to try to use that going forward here the last couple of weeks of the season. Next game, we got Denver heading to Kansas City. Kansas City laying nine and a half here at home with a total of 46. Uh, yeah, my power in here, Kansas City 12 and a half. Look headline, Kansas City 13. Westgate open, Kansas City 10 and a half, and the total here open 46 and a half. Uh, yeah, I think with this Kansas City team, I, I know they're at the top of my power ratings and my numbers, especially after the move here now we're seeing it, like you said, down nine, nine and a half. Um, I, I don't, I couldn't stomach betting Kansas City above 10, but it just, I'm not going to be able to back Denver. Not that I would have liked it anyway that much at 10, 10 and a half, but I just don't think that from a value perspective, taking less than 10 here with Denver, it's just, it seems like you, know, you kind of missed the boat type of thing that like we talked about in the, in the earlier segment about getting the yeah, best of number. I was going to say that. Um, oh, I thought you meant, I thought you meant missed the boat as far as you should have bet them last week against Houston on a similar point spread range, my bad. Oh yeah, well that's true. Well, kind of, kind of one and the same, I guess, because the numbers obviously yeah. being adjusted from their domination from last week. But yeah, it's, uh, seems like you're buying Denver pretty high. And I think Kansas City, it was kind of a, a rocky road there, I think, for that, that game they had. They started off pretty poor and looks like the Patriots are going to roll all over them. And then they kind of came back and looked pretty, uh, you know, resistant there. Um, came back into form. And then in the second half, they're kind of just holding on for dear life. Their offense couldn't really get anything done against that Patriots defense. So um, I think it's probably more so the Patriots defense than the Kansas City offense. I think that's still a pretty good offense for sure. Uh, definitely a top, you know, three offense or two offense. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they can do against this Denver defense. But um, it just I, – I don't really want to bet Kansas City, and I'm not going to bet Denver at, at this current price spread. Points spread, I think, like I said, missed the boat. So. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add on this game. I think to me, it's a, a pretty, a fairly easy pass. But I will say, from the total perspective, I mean, you're looking at a pretty low total here for a Kansas City game. So I mean, if you do like Denver, and and I think if you're going to bet Denver here with getting the points, you'd expect that they're going to kind of have somewhat of a shootout here, uh, a type of game, and you're going to expect Locke to kind of throw up some points and get a lot of yards again. So I think for me, if not for me, but for you know, for you, for the listener, if you're Looking the Denver side, I think instead of betting the Denver side, I think I'd almost bet the, the, the total over and expect a lot of points here as opposed to taking a somewhat worse adjusted number. I think that'd be the way to look at this game. But, yeah, for me personally, I'll just have to pass. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I just It's hard to hard to envision the, the Chiefs' offense getting shut out, even though Denver's defense isn't, isn't terrible. But since, since Locke's been in there, uh, you know, it's only been two weeks now, but the, I guess the Chargers game is only – 43 points scored, but maybe it was just last week of somewhat of the aberration. But it seems like the Denver team has kind of gone back and forth where one week they'll be in a shootout or a higher scoring game, and then the next week they'll be in kind of a more of a slugfest, which I think they're probably more of an under team with, I mean, not probably, I know they are more of an under team with Flacco at the beginning of the season. Now it's been kind of hard to gauge with Allen number three and, and now with Drew Locke in there. It seems like they're probably going to be more of a over team because I'm guessing they're going to open up a little bit when they're out of the playoffs already and trying to get him some some experience and momentum going into the next year. Uh, I think that I would tend to lean slightly towards the over. And for a yeah, Kansas City total in, the, in this in the 46, I mean, that seems pretty cheap too. So 
I would agree. Uh, and I, I don't know if I necessarily like Denver because I do think Kansas City is one of those teams where if they get clicking offensively, even though it looks like you're maybe catching a couple extra points than you might be able to, I don't think they're really all that valuable uh, against the Kansas City offense if they're if they're clicking, where you know they can be up by seven fairly late and 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 score in a in a split second. So again, some teams you know, those extra points are really valuable against Kansas City. I, I still want them obviously, but I don't think they're quite as valuable. And uh, so I, I agree. I would look towards the over here, and if I had to pick, I would take the nine and a half with Denver. But it just seems like it was a much better bet last week against Houston. It was a pretty good spot as opposed to I don't think what's a great spot here for Denver in the same spread range against a better team. So, uh, yeah, to me, I like like this one over if, uh, if I'm doing anything on this one. Uh, next game, we got Miami heading to the Giants. Pretty awful game here. Uh, Giants, three-and-a-half-point home favorites with a total of 46-and-a-half. Yeah, speak for yourself, but uh, my power rating here, Giants, one-and-a-half. Look at line Giants three and a half. Westgate open Giants three and a half. Even money and the total here open forty seven and a half. Um, I know this kind of line came up a little bit after that Monday night game. It was three and then they moved it up to three and a half. Kind of more consensus. It was kind of a split line before that, but now I'm pretty much seeing three and a half across the board. But yeah, this is this is the game. I just don't understand the line. I had another one that's uh, kind of similar to the Green Bay to me. I just I don't know how you make Giants a, a field goal or more favorite here. I think these two teams are fairly comparable. Um, I, I'd almost even give the lean to, to, to Miami, right, the way they're playing right now. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. And I, I don't know. I don't think you make an argument that Giants would give them a full three points for home field. So, to me, I got them at two points for home field and maybe a little bit more than that, a tad more, uh, you know, two and a quarter or so. And then, uh, you know, like I said, this number two, two and a half seems like this is where it should be, not not three, th- uh, three and a half. So, yeah, I'll, I like Miami quite a bit, and I'm going to be uh, involved on the Miami side again. It feels like I've been on the Miami side almost every week, but um, it, it's almost worked out every week, so that's uh, kind of uh, maybe a little biased from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, spot-wise, uh, again, uh, like, it seems like you got to look at a little bit being unlucky, uh, being in the red zone, like I said earlier in the pod, about how they got in there and kicked seven field goals and weren't able to get in the red zone once. It seems like that might be a topic of concern for practice here. And uh, if you can score against anybody, it seems like it's going to be that Giants defense you're going to have some success against. So you expect them uh, to put up some points again. And uh, I think the Giants are in a, somewhat of a flat spot after having a big divisional game on primetime game. And Eli's first game back, it seems like this will be a spot where I won't be surprised if uh, Eli struggles a little bit more um, than he did the first half of the Monday night game. So, yeah, I think uh, the, the Miami's the right side here for sure in my eyes. And uh, giving me that extra hook is just an added benefit. So I'll take uh, Miami plus three and a half here. Yeah, I think it's pretty undeniable the way Fitzpatrick's played here that you're, you're definitely getting the better quarterback, and Flores has looked pretty uh, pretty confident as a coach for even though he's got a horrendous roster. So you're getting a better coach and a better quarterback, and yeah, I agree that the Giants' home field, there's no way you can say it's a full three. So they're saying the fact that Giants are clearly better, I just think it's totally inaccurate. You got them on a short week off what could be a little bit of a crushing loss where they were Eli was uh got him up early against the division rival and the and the against the Eagles trying to play spoiler and they kinda had him on the ropes and then they blow it late and now they've lost what, four, six, eight, nine nine in a row now? And you're telling me this team's laying more than a field goal against Miami who hasn't been great but it's kind of an up or down and you know they're three and three over their last six, so 
the fact that they're catching more than a field goal, it just I don't it doesn't really make sense in a lot of ways to me. I don't I don't understand it really. I mean, what what have the Giants done essentially all year to justify getting more than more than a standard three? I just I don't I don't see it. And you know, maybe, maybe they win in cover, but um, I just I don't know how you can totally you can justify that. And yeah, Eli played okay. For the first half, we played you know pretty decent, but then the second half they did got absolutely nothing going. So if you get that Giants offense with the defense has been pretty bad basically all year long, I mean it's just laughable that they're that they're laying more than a field goal. So and uh, you know it didn't work last week taking a Dolphins game over, but again in this 46 range, unless there's weather concerns again, which you know maybe they're they're sure there there's a good chance there will be in New York I guess, but Outside of weather factors, the Giants, even though they haven't haven't played in high scoring games the last couple of weeks, I still, especially with Eli, and even more so, he's like a poor man Jameis. They just seem like a dead nuts over team or pretty close. And Miami is pretty similar too. I mean, they they give up points in bunches, but Fitzpatrick's also the gunslinger type that's going to put up points or give up points. So to me, the fact that this total should be up in like the fifty range or fifty fifty one something like that, the fact that's Forty six and a half here seems pretty cheap, so yeah, yeah. Uh give me give me the dog and the over in this one. Uh, all right, on to the afternoon games. So the first afternoon game we have is Jacksonville heading to Oakland. Oakland here laying six and a half with a total of forty five and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Oakland five and a half, look at line Oakland four and a half, Westgate open Oakland five and a half, and the total here open forty five and a half, and yeah, there's to me, I'm kind of just done with this Oakland team. I'm kind of pretty salty with them. I've backed them several weeks now, and again, I thought last week was a pretty good spot for them, and it looked like they were going to be able to hang with them, uh, like I said, for the first half, and then they couldn't score a point in the second half and gave up whatever it was, 20, 21 points. And yeah, it, it just seems to me uh, both these teams are kind of in similar situations. I think Jacksonville, you could argue, has you know been worse and harder to back, which you know I agree with that. And but obviously, you're seeing the difference in the point spread here. The adjustment, um, a couple two point adjustments from the look head, uh, or maybe a little more than that, and and we're trending up to seven. It's another game I want. You know, it seems like it's got to get to seven. It's just hard to imagine there's going to be a whole lot of Jacksonville support. So, uh, yeah, me personally, I mean, if I had to bet this game, I'd bet Oakland just because I'm thinking that's going to get to seven. You're going to get a good number, but even that, even if it does close seven and I get six, I just don't even or six and a half. I, I just don't feel like. It'd be, it's a great better. I wouldn't be all that confident in that at all because I just won't be surprised at any result in this game. So yeah, I don't, I don't need to long win this game anymore. It just to me, uh, it's a, if you, if you can pick a winner in this game, you know, ha- tip your hats off, but uh, I don't, I don't really have an opinion. I just, I'm not, I just got to force myself to not bet this game. I think the fact is the Oakland's last home game in Oakland will give them a little bit of extra juice or motivation or, you know, whatever. I think. Gruden, especially him being there with an Oakland stint before when they made it to the Super Bowl, I think he'll want to send the fans off on a good note, and I think they'll you'll get a real good effort from them. The only problem is they've they've been off three blowouts slash pseudo embarrassing efforts. So in a couple games here, I thought it's been a good spot for them, and they just haven't been able to show up at all. So if they are just that bad of a team, maybe it doesn't matter even if you do get a good effort. But I, I think. I think there's enough positives that Oakland's shown. Even like last week, they were hanging with Tennessee for at least half of that game. So if you can get that kind of Oakland, 
I think they should destroy this Jacksonville team that I don't know if they're trying to get the coach fired or they just already got their vacation plan set up, but just completely uh, uninspired play last week, getting destroyed by the Chargers by 35. Against the Bucks, they got absolutely destroyed. The Titans, they got killed. The Colts, they got killed. The Texans, they got killed. I mean, right down the line, what's that, five games in a row now where they haven't shown, like, a pulse? Like, not even like they, no, they've lost a couple close games or blew a lead or whatever. It's like they haven't even shown a pulse in over a month. I just, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I have zero interest in backing them. I think I think they might be the most unbackable team in the league, or I think they are the most unbackable team in the league at this very moment. So, uh, zero interest in Jacksonville. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to hard to swallow land six and a half with an Oakland team that's got blown out three straight weeks. I know that's that's the name of the game, and that's, you know, what the what the point spread's all about. Uh, it's just just tough for a guy that hates land points, even with teams that I like. It's, it's pretty hard to, to lay near a touchdown with a team I'm, I think's not all that good either. But to me, I think almost just hold your nose and bet against Jacksonville. And I think with the factor of it being Oakland's last home game, I think just there's enough there that they're going to cover. They're going to cover and win this game pretty easily, uh, a good amount of the time. So I think I will just be a hold my nose and play Oakland kind of deal for me. Next game, we got Cleveland heading to Arizona. Cleveland laying two and a half here on the road with a total of 48. Yeah, my power in here, Cleveland one and a half. Look at line, Cleveland two and a half. Westgate open, Cleveland two and a half. And the total here open 47. Yeah, there's another game. I think this, this Arizona team, I, I backed a few weeks ago. I just, or I was thinking about backing. I guess they're safe, but I ended up not because of the number moving, but they just didn't show anything against the Rams. And then last week, just not a whole lot either. And it just, uh, I mean, they, I guess kind of, but it just seems like, uh, I don't really like where they're at right now. It doesn't seem like, and maybe it might have something to do with Murray. Maybe he's banged up a little bit or something. It just doesn't seem like they're fully right. Um, but so I, I kind of wanted to come in and back Cleveland here, but then with all the stuff going on with Cleveland with, in the locker room and the the interviews with Mayfield about the training staff and all this other stuff. It just, it just seems like the whole, whole organization's a mess. Just like we always see with this Cleveland team. It seems like the last, you know, <laughs> in the two thousands and modern, the modern era. So, uh, I, I don't know. It, to me, I kind of go back and forth. I just, I don't, I, I, I would another game that I'm not really, really sure which way to look. Uh, like I said, I, I feel like this game's going to get to three, though. So it seems like if you can get a two-and-a-half flat on Cleveland, it's probably going to be a pretty good bet uh, from a value perspective going in with a good wager. But um, so we'll kind of wait and see. I just don't think even in Arizona, if you get a three, I just don't even know if I like that either because I could see Cleveland, like I said, take take advantage of these bottom feeders. So, yeah, to me it's a pretty easy pass all, all in all. Yeah, I just haven't been really a fan of this Arizona team all year. They had that one three-game stretch where they beat the Bengals, Falcons, and Giants. Other than that, they've been uh, pretty pretty unimpressive and uninteresting basically all year long. And they're coming out of six straight losses here. And uh, I don't think a home field that's all that great when, when they're not any good. And uh, then on the flip side, again, kind of like I said with Denver, it's like, okay, he could have backed – Pittsburgh last week at two and a half in the same price range as you can with Cleveland this week. And I trust Pittsburgh, and at least I trust their defense a whole heck of a lot more than I trust Mayfield and Kitchens and this whole Cleveland outfit. So to me, I have zero interest in backing Arizona. And I just think instead of betting Cleveland at two and a half, you really should have gone Pittsburgh last week at the same exact price. So for me, uh, not, not a game that I'm really going to get involved in either way. Next game at Atlanta heading to San Francisco. 
San Francisco laying 11 or 10 and a half, 11 at home with a total of 47. Um, yeah, my power rating here, San Francisco 11 and a half. Look at line, San Francisco 11 and a half and the Westgate opened 11 and 11 it was. And then the total here opened 45 and a half and, uh, a little bit of money over the total. Seems like that's, that, that'd be the way you, you have to look here. I, I agree with that. And then from a side perspective, I mean, just, just a spot wise, I mean, you got to look at the Atlanta side, uh, but the problem is, it's just, I don't know, this Atlanta team just seems like they're a variable, variable every week. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. But that'd be the, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, figure out which hole they're going to pop out of. It's, uh, are they coming behind you? Are they coming in front of you? It's hard to tell. Maybe, maybe a little bit like watching the, and the games in the sports book for you last week and maybe the same type of deal. But, uh, it, uh, to me, I think with that being said, I just feel like spot wise, it's just really not a good spot for San Francisco. I know they've been, they stayed out east. Uh, last week because they didn't want to come back home uh, for the game and for New Orleans and then obviously just an absolute shootout there um, going back and forth and, uh, and I thought for sure I mean right away they were down by two touchdowns earlier whatever it was 13 points and I thought that was pretty much the end of it and it's like uh, but then they came back and Garoppolo fought back pretty well so I was fairly impressed with the uh, Garoppolo but I think I was more impressed with the play calling I think uh, in that game I was really impressed with Breeze. I think he played pretty well, and I think say Garoppolo played well too. But I think it was more so because of the play calling by Shanahan for San Francisco, as opposed to Breeze kind of just playing really well and evading pressure. So, with all that being said, I think it's, I think it seems like they're going to regress a little bit here and kind of take a little bit of a breather against a, 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 a below average type of team and a team that's not out, outside the playoffs. So, with San Francisco after they got their you know their big win, their playoff type of win against uh, New Orleans, so. I think anything above 10, there's probably a little bit of a value play here uh, on Atlanta. Just kind of take the points, take the doubles, and see what happens. Not a play that I love or I'm um, going to have a ton on, but it just seems like, you know, just value-wise, you got to take Atlanta in the points here. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I do have to give Garoppolo and San Francisco credit because I didn't think they could win a game like they did last week, and that was why I liked the Saints last week. So, uh, you know, when they put up 48 points like they did, more power to them. Definitely got to tip your cap to them there. And that definitely uh, kind of adds another dimension to who they could potentially be in the playoffs and the fact they need to be taken a little bit more seriously. But as far as this game goes, I think you will get a little bit of a letdown effort here from San Francisco and probably just a grind-it-out type win. So it does have me looking towards Atlanta. But like you mentioned with Atlanta, just if you get the good Atlanta, this is a phenomenal number and it you know, better the year territory, but if you get the rollover dead, awful Atlanta team that shows up every other week, then, you know, it's good luck covering with that team. So, uh, if you think you have a good read on Atlanta, then, uh, by all means, but I just, there's enough other games where I would rather invest my money there. This one I could see making a small bet on Atlanta just out of principle, taking the double digits, but not one I'm going to be, uh, over the moon about by any means. Next game, we got the Rams heading to Dallas. It looks like the Rams are laying one now on the road with a total of 49. Yeah, my power right in here, Dallas minus two. Look headline, Dallas four. Westgate opened Dallas three, and then after um, the, the the primetime game, it reopened Monday morning, Dallas minus two. So point adjustment there from the Rams play. And then the total here opened 47. It seems to me for uh, this game, 
It, 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 I mean, obviously, it just you're not getting any value but in the Rams. I mean, it's just kind of crazy to look at the look headline being four. You get a five point adjustment of what the current market's at, maybe a little bit more. Seeing some juice with one, a little bit of extra juice. That's some offshore shops, some sharper shops. So it's yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna a game. I'm not gonna absolutely love, but it's like I mean, if you would have bet this a couple of weeks ago, I mean, it would have been crazy, absolutely crazy. The fact that both these teams are still in the playoffs and or playoff hunt and and have something to play for. It just It's not like a team where they kind of given up. I mean, there's obviously this Dallas team is in shambles a little bit here, but it, I, I was going to bet them last week on the on prime time on Thursday night, but I ended up holding holding off. I'm glad I did because they looked pretty much, you know, dead or whatever. They just had nothing. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, they are coming off extra rest and it just seems like a pretty good spot here for Dallas. I mean, the Rams just got a huge win prime time against Seattle. Uh, divisional opponent, one of their biggest rivals, and a game that they pretty much needed like blood. If they would have lost that game, that's pretty much their playoff hopes were dead. So a game they absolutely needed, and now they're coming. And again, I mean, the army you could say is they're going to keep the trend going, and they got a, another game they need like blood because they can't afford to lose any games here down the stretch. But I mean, Dallas just got embarrassed, I think. And when they get embarrassed, and I think when they got a lot of talent like that, it seems like that's when you're going to get a peak effort from a Dallas team. Um, especially now that, especially since Philadelphia won too, um, they're going to be right on there. Their heels, and I understand they're going to have a big game against Philly for the pretty much the division. So that's going to be where their effort is too. But I mean, at some point you got to think, okay, if we win that game, we're going to be in the playoffs. And kind of like I said with New England, they kind of got to get a rehearsal here, and they kind of got to show that they can get it together, just kind of get everybody's confidence up. So you would think that they're going to bring their full effort and every all their effort. The, the big thing, obviously, is a coaching mismatch that I don't like because um, I really don't not a big fan of Garrett. But I think at some point the talent of the players and and everything else is going to be able to, 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 to outweigh that. And I definitely like the Prescott uh, as a quarterback over Goff. So I think Seattle made a pretty big mistake not bringing more pressure on Goff. And I would expect Dallas to kind of to do that more, to get some pressure on, on Goff um, and blitz a little bit more and, and, and make him you know, have quicker decisions and make better throws. And, and he's been you know pretty good the last few weeks, or really good the last few weeks, but I certainly buy that Goff. So we'll see. But uh, it seems – I'll be curious where this line closes because – I'm kind of going to wait around, and to me, it seems like this is the Dallas money line type of play in a game that um, that they should be able to win here at home. Yeah, I I just think the the adjustment's pretty crazy. Um, the Rams, you know, they won three of four here, and they, they beat the, the Seahawks, which you got to give them credit for. Like I said, I've been I'm kicking myself that I wasn't on on the Rams last week, but I, I just don't think the Seahawks are. It just they kind of seem flat and it's just I don't know give them credit but it's not all that impressive and then blowing out the Cardinals I just I already said what I think about the Cardinals I don't think that's obviously it's impressive anytime you blow somebody out in the NFL but it's not like I'm going to turn around and say oh boy you know the Rams are back now and uh, then Dallas on the flip side you know losing three in a row is is a little troublesome but I think I think it does set up for a real good spot here for Dallas and the fact that you're just asking them to win the game now after the move uh, it just seems like anytime you can bet against Jared Goff on the road against a respectable team, it seems to me like it's a pretty deep bet. And uh, I agree that one of the bigger concerns is Garrett as a coach, and I haven't been a fan of him whatsoever. And uh, I think he also made a good point of saying they play Philly next week, so it could be a little bit of a look ahead. But at the same time, when they're 6-7, and seven, and off three straight losses, can they really pack it in and say, oh, yeah, let's just play for next week? I just don't think they're going to have that mentality. So in a spot where you got a couple extra days to prepare, uh, and the Rams off a big, huge primetime win, it's absolutely their biggest win of the season. 
it just seems like it sets up real well here for Dallas to have a, a pretty strong effort uh, against Road Goff and this price range. Uh, I definitely like that. So give me the Cowboys here. I will uh, I'll definitely be on them come Sunday. All right, last afternoon game, we have Minnesota heading to L.A. to play the Chargers. Looks like the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point road favorites here with a total of 45. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota one and a half. Look at line, Minnesota minus three. Westgate open, Minnesota three, even money. And the total here open 46. This, this one I struggle a little bit with. At, you know, first glance, I'm doing my numbers. I wanted to, I, th- I thought Minnesota here was a good play at anything under three. That's where the current marketplace is, is at two and a half. So that's, that's where my first, uh, instinct was. But, you know, the more I dove into it, it just seems like, I don't know, this Chargers team, it seems a little, Seems a little sneaky, a little scary, and from a, just a Vikings fan perspective, this, this game worries me a little bit too. It just seems like a game uh, when when Kirk's going on the road and you play a in a later time slot to just a a game that wasn't prime time and then it got flexed back down. It just seems like uh, I don't know. It, I guess we'll really learn a lot from this Minnesota team if they come in and take care of business really good. I think that'll be a pretty good sign for them. But if they struggle with this game, that's uh, a little bit concerning. So yeah, from a handicap perspective. I don't know. I think this is kind of the right number. I think two and a half is where it should be, really. And uh, I know there's very weak home field for the Chargers. And um, Minnesota's been, you know, kind of rolling a little bit. But it uh, after you know, last week, I don't know what, what you really take off that Detroit game. So, um, so yeah, to me, it's two and a half, just a, a really good number. And I, I don't know really what to make of it at that number. We'll kind of wait and see. You would you kind of think this game gets a three, but I thought it already would have gotten a three. So the fact that it hasn't, there's got to be some sharp money on the Chargers. Um, I think holding it where it's at. So you know, normally I would say in this range it's got to get up to three, but I don't really see Minnesota as a huge public team necessarily. So uh, at this point in the season, and uh, I won't be surprised maybe if this did come down a little bit, uh, just a little bit of a tick. So we'll we'll see. But uh, a really interesting game, obviously from a handicapping and a, a fan perspective. But yeah, from a, a Handicap perspective, I just really can't figure out a way to bet this game, so I almost had to pass. Yeah, I think I think three is more appropriate myself. I think there's a little bit of value on the Vikings. Not something I fall in love with, because I think the Chargers are kind of like a little bit like with Atlanta. They're a little bit of a wild card. Uh, I'm not giving them a whole lot of credit for – I mean, I think if they would have played somebody else other than Jacksonville and lost that game and coming off four straight losses, I think this number could be four or four and a half. So the fact that they're getting credit for destroying this Jacksonville team, or at least people are, have that fresh in their minds a little bit, um, I think kind of, kind of uh, nipping in the bud that negative Chargers sentiment, I think, um, is, 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 is good for betting against them, but I also think that a couple of those losses they had against the Chiefs on that Monday night in Mexico City, the Broncos a couple weeks ago was that weird game, the Raiders were there charging, and before that, they beat the Packers and the Bears in back-to-back weeks. So I think a lot of their losses, or not, not that they should have won them, but they've just been a lot of close either-or games late. And the Chargers and the Vikings both have a tendency to blow those type of games. So from a fan perspective, it's definitely a worrisome spot for me for the Vikings because I could absolutely see this being a good Phillip game and and the Chargers kind of clicking here. And, and they're... If they get things going, they're obviously a, a top-level team, and they can be a real tough, tough team to beat. But if they have the the bad Phillip there and and what they've been doing, blowing games late and all that stuff, um, I just think the Vikings are a much more solid 
well-coached team. Like the coaching mismatch here is is pretty great. And then you know Kirk, I don't really I don't really worry a whole lot, even though he's not, like you know a top top level quarterback. Like I think he's going to be just pretty solid. Like he is pretty much week in and week out, solid to good. And so I don't really worry about him too much. The thing I worry about the most is is the Vikings defense and particularly the secondary. Uh, I think if you get the good rivers, you could have some some success here against this Viking secondary, and this game could turn into a little bit of a shootout. So to me, that's the worry more so than the offense. I know Thielen comes back on the offense, so that should be a nice boost uh, if his if his hamstring holds up. I know with those against Kansas City a few weeks back, he played a couple of plays and then was out because he re-aggravated it. So you always got to watch for that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I think three would be the right number here. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of value on the Vikings, but definitely a game where I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if the Vikings dominated or the Chargers won outright. So I think there's a pretty wide range of outcomes here and one I'm probably not going to get involved with, even though I think there's a little bit of value on the Vikes. All right, Sunday night game, flexed into it here. We got uh, Buffalo heading to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, laying two here at home with a total of 36 and a half. Yeah, my uh, power rating here, Pittsburgh minus two. Look at line, Pittsburgh one. Westgate open, Pittsburgh one. The total here open, 37. And, yeah, some under money coming in, like you said. It's kind of crazy. I think probably the lowest total we've seen all year from what I can remember, uh, 36. Oh yeah, even Chris uh, leaning under there minus one fifteen uh, at the current market price. So yeah, I, I mean it's hard it's, to me. I, I've gotten in trouble. I think in years past where I get these low low totals and or or, or in contrast these high high totals, and I kind of try to bet them the opposite way. And I think what I've learned is when the, when they're low like this or when they're high, they're they're low for a reason. In this case, so I think to me it's either uh, an under or pass, but I'm just not going to be able to bet it at this. I mean one fluky thing, it's just kind of hard to bet it. So. um with that being said, I think Buffalo's offense is, is is able to put up points, and I definitely like Hodges at quarterback for Pittsburgh more so. So, um, with that being said, it seems like uh, again a pretty good number. Kind of put it right where I make it. The the number came in a little bit lighter, and now it's kind of the market's pushing to where I put this number, this game at for my power rating. So, I think it is appropriate. Um, we'll we'll kind of wait and see where this number goes. If it kind of stays put, I think I'll probably just pass the game, but. If it does get up a little bit higher, I, I, I will right now currently at the, at the number I do lean to the Buffalo side. I feel like Pittsburgh's been just, you know, had a good stretch here and they haven't really played a whole lot of great competition. So I think this might be a little bit of a wake up call. I think Buffalo still is a little bit underrated in the marketplace. So I mean, just like at Buffalo last week when they played Baltimore, the number one power rated team in the league and, um, they, they played the number one power rated team in the league and they, they didn't cover, but they, they really held that, uh, Lamar and check and, and then that offense for the most part. So I think that's a pretty good sign for that Buffalo defense. So, and obviously that's why you're seeing this low total, but I, I think the Buffalo offense might be able to do a little bit against this Pittsburgh defense. It's been pretty locked down so far this season, but with all that being said, I think the number's kind of right where it should be. So we'll, we'll wait and see if I can get a, you know, a, a, a decent number before kickoff and I'll be on the Buffalo side right now. It's just a lean. Yeah. I, I like Buffalo too. Um, something I'm not going to go crazy with, but. To me, it just, Pittsburgh has, what have they won here three in a row? They've won, what have they won here? They've won seven of eight. So, give them a lot of credit. That's, you know, a heck of a, heck of a two months. But at the same time, it just, their defense has been playing really, really solid. So, maybe they will be able to shut down Buffalo's offense, who hasn't done a whole lot for large stretches of games. But to me, it just seems like, who's the better team here? It just, 
I just have to think, even though that Buffalo, you know, a lot of the advanced stats guys and whatnot, uh, really aren't high on the Buffalo team. It just seems to me like the, the, the defenses are fairly equivalent. Pittsburgh's got a little bit better one, but I just trust Buffalo to, to get something going on offense a little bit more. And I think, uh, what's it? Tomlin's done a real good job getting his team motivated with all the injuries they've had and stuff. But I still, when it comes to like coaching decisions for one game, I think I'd take McDermott over Tomlin for sure. So in a spot that I don't know if it necessarily favors either team that much. I just think that Buffalo's the better team. And obviously that's what the bar is showing when they're only catching two here on the road at Pittsburgh. But I just, I don't know. It's to me, it's like a little bit more of a gap than that. I think Pittsburgh's kind of fed on a lot of poor teams here. And, uh, I think this is a spot where all you're asking Buffalo to come in there and basically win the game. I think that's very doable for them. And uh, I just have more faith in the upside of their offense. So not want to go crazy with, but hopefully that public Pittsburgh money will dry this up if possible. And uh, if there's any way you get a three, then really like Buffalo. All right, Monday night, we got Indianapolis heading to New Orleans. Uh, looks like New Orleans is uh, eight and a half, nine point home favorite here with a total of 46. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, New Orleans eight and a half. Look at line, New Orleans nine. Westgate open, New Orleans eight, and the total here open 45. And like we mentioned a few times, it just seems like uh, this is a game where I thought for sure we'd be getting doubles here and I'd be on Indy. Uh, I think it just kind of goes to show you that the this marketplace is just you know so much sharper than it used to be because this is just definitely something I thought for sure I'd be able to get doubles for Indy, maybe even a ten and a half that extra hook. And the fact that it's kind of coming down to my power ratings, just yeah, it's kind of you know a little bit of Indy money again, not not a ton in this point spread range, but um yeah i don't want to i don't want to belabor this one too much i know we're getting kind of long here in the podcast so um it, just a lean here for indy for me i think this is a, again kind of like the san francisco handicap kind of a bad spot for the saints coming at home and i think indy's a capable team and they keep games close i think the one thing i will note that i think is important i know i mentioned it last week and i bet on one of the reasons i bet on indy is because uh vinatieri's now out for the season they got that new kicker in, and i know i said it I'll basically take any kicker give me you know kicker x and i'll take him over vinatieri and then and, and of course he comes in with uh little bit of confidence and, and they made I don't know what he was three for three or four for four last week in, in that indie game and that definitely kept him in the game and like I said probably should have won that game outright but um, yeah having a kicker with a little bit of confidence he made a long field goal or a longer field goal I think that's definitely helps that indie side a lot um, that will help them uh, stay close in these games and then especially now that you're getting more than the touchdown uh, yeah look at the indie side here it would be a small lean yeah I think that Saints offense performance last week was more the exception than the rule uh, it's just, I don't think they're going to be putting up 40, 40, 50 points again. And I think Indy showed last week that they, they can score at times when needed to. And I think their defense has a chance to do an okay job against the Saints. So for me, this feels like quite a few points. Uh, I, I think, I, not, not something I, I'm in love with, but I think, uh, I'd take Indy here and take a shot. I know they've been a similar, position earlier in the year they went into Kansas City and won that game outright and you know they're probably a little bit healthier at the time uh but it's a game where at six and seven I don't think they're convinced they're out of the playoffs yet so I think this might be a uh kitchen sink effort from them and you know they'll probably get a good effort from the Saints too you know since they're 10 and 3 and they need this game for positioning as far as seating goes but they already have the the south locked up so I think you might get a little bit more desperate effort from the Colts so nine seems like a good a good uh you know bargain here, a good amount of points to take with, with Indianapolis. So I think uh they're worthy worthy of a little nibble here on Monday night. 
I will I will say oh. real quick, it's kind of funny. Uh, it seems like I know the Vikings always have trouble with getting bad calls and stuff, but it seems like that Saints, it's like they got quite a you know, handful of bad calls there. And on that one drive, they had about two or three penalties that were really weren't penalties at all that the rest went against them. And, and so the Niners, 49ers kicking a field goal, they went up to score a touchdown right at the end of the game there, or close to the end of the game. And, yeah, it is kind of interesting how the, the Saints just get, uh, you know, pretty bad calls, it seems like, unless you're playing the Vikings. But it's uh, pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, definitely. It would be interesting if there was a metric, like how, like, unfair, you know, <laughs> Uh, officiating was towards you or whatever. That'd be an interesting one to see. Who's? It's sure hard to imagine that uh, Seattle and Green Bay wouldn't be the opposite end of that spectrum yeah, for this absolutely. year. Absolutely. But who knows? All right. Well, let's uh, finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week you had over forty-one in the Cincy Cleveland game, and that ended up getting there. I think they ended up scoring forty-six points or. Whatever, and uh, that got you over, so that gets you to six and seven on the year, inching back to that 500 mark. And then I had over 45 in the Miami Jets game, and those 10, 10 made field goals didn't quite get it up and over, and that uh, flatted out at 42, so I ended up losing that one. Uh, so that drops me to four and nine on the year for my picks of the week, so polar opposite from where I was last year. But nonetheless, you keep the tee box and uh, an attempt to get it back to 500. Where are you looking this week? Um, yeah, to me this one's pretty easy. I haven't, as you can probably tell, there's not a. I, I like quite a bit on the card last week, but uh, this week's card is definitely be a little bit thinner. Maybe you know two, three plays is what I'm looking at probably, uh, maybe four. And uh, yeah, to, to me for the pick of the week, it's gonna be it's fairly easy because the number's already there. I think you get a pretty good number. I'm not gonna wait for the number. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, Miami. I'm gonna take Miami plus three and a half there. Widely available across the board, pretty much three and a half. So we'll take, uh, we'll take Miami and the points uh, on the road against the Giants plus three and a half pick of the week. Alright. I like it. Um, yeah, this, I mean, this, this card is, there's a handful of stuff I like a little bit, but yeah, I don't feel nearly as good as well, this one as I did last week, that's for sure. Uh, it seems like there's been a lot of these here lately where you just don't feel all that strongly. Um, I think I am going to go with one that just it just feels like the right play to me. And I'm going to take under in that Houston-Tennessee game and what uh, what could be the first round of the battle for that division. I think it's going to be a decently hard-fought game here. So I'm going to take under 50 in that one. And uh, hopefully hopefully that can uh, can stay under. So, all right, any, uh, any thoughts here to wrap up the Week 15 pod, Rob? No, yeah, it'd be nice to have you back here and uh in the driver's seat and watch some games and hopefully uh yeah, like you said, a pretty great slate of games for the morning afternoon uh divide, so that'll be pretty great and hopefully uh likewise it'll be nice having the, the bikes on the later slate so we can get them with less games going at the same time. So yeah, all in all it should be hopefully a good viewing perspective uh from the games. Yeah, absolutely can't wait. We only got three weeks left here before we get to the playoffs, so three Three full weeks, and yeah, week 17 is a little wonky there with so many of those games just not mattering at all. So really, this is uh, one of the last couple opportunities to to get a full NFL weekend here until next year. So it's a little disappointing, but definitely something that should be savored. And uh, got some interesting games here, to, to say the least. So should be fun. Looking forward to it. So best of luck to you this week, and best of luck to all the listeners out there in week 15. And we'll be back to 
do a little recap and look forward to week 16 next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.